So today we are going through chapter 18 of Acts, and uh, in today's reading, Luke is really, it, it's kind of one of those between chapters where he's kind of cleaning up loose ends and connecting some dots before we get to the next real uh, point of the story, which is Paul in his return to Ephesus in the next chapter. And what what really jumped out at me this morning was um was Luke's narrative at the end of the chapter about Apollos and uh, the link between Paul and Apollos. And, and and frankly, it wasn't even so much Luke's narrative as, you know, when I read through the Bible, typically I'll read through the scripture and then I'll go over to a study guide or to um, some piece of scholarship that was written that that walks through some of the you know, some of the things that are in the text that I don't see because I don't know Greek or, um, you know, I'm not a archae- biblical archaeological scholar or whatever. And it seems like there's a lot of debate about um, Apollos and, um, and, and, you know, how he received the Holy Spirit if he didn't have Jesus. Because Luke tells us in, in verse 25 that he's speaking God's word. He's teaching, kind of like John the Baptist taught, uh, and he's got the Spirit in him, which is an allusion to the Holy Spirit. Yet he hasn't received the gospel, and they're making you know a big stink about this because you know we we're, we're essentially taught and teach that that you can't receive the Holy Spirit unless you've received Jesus. So um, you know. Like I've pointed out sometimes when we, when I find things like this that are a little bit confusing and maybe a little bit against what we're hearing elsewhere is, you know, it it really doesn't bother me. And and maybe I'm over, oversimplifying this, but, um, but, you know, God can do what God's going to do. God can do what God wants to do. And if the Holy Spirit was in Apollos, um, it, it doesn't bother me, um, but Apollos is from Alexandria, which is kind of a, of a mecca of education and philosophy, um, especially Jewish philosophy. And in, in all likelihood, he he studied under a guy named um, I don't know if you pronounce it Philo or Philo, um, who was a real well known uh, Jewish philosopher of the time in 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 there in Alexandria. Um, and so, if Apollos was any kind of an astute Jewish philosopher, he probably had interacted with him, so he, he knew his stuff. In, in that regard, he's a lot like Paul, uh, the the Saul, not you know before he became Paul. Um, but we're told that Priscilla and Aquila take him aside and fill in the blanks of his faith, giving him the information he needs about Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, and then ascension in order to be able to place his faith in Christ and to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and and then Luke doesn't fill in the blanks for us. You know, it, it, we're just kind of left like, well, how is he speaking, you know, out of the Holy Spirit if he was doing it before he received that? And so, you know, first off, you know, it, it's in my mind, it's one of those things where um, however we go about filling in the blanks, we're guessing. So we first, we have to recognize that if we're going to try to fill in the blanks here, how did... Apollo speak in the Holy Spirit um, before receiving Jesus the way we teach. Um, you just you just have to recognize we're all guessing. Secondly, if God's a creator of the world, 
and thereby the communicator, the, the creator of communication and of this manuscript that we're reading from, from Luke here in Acts, um, then if we don't have a piece of information, I think it's reasonable to start with the assumption that it's not an error of omission. It's, it's that God just didn't give it to us because he didn't feel it was important for the point he was making. So maybe we're traveling down a rabbit hole that's not important. Thirdly, um, given how much detail Luke gives us all over the rest of his writings, to think that there's something missing here that's really important, I think that may be getting ahead of ourselves. Um, and, and then lastly, um, we can't miss the forest for the trees here, right? What Luke is really trying to communicate to us fairly obviously is that while Paul had gone to Ephesus and then continued on his first missionary journey and was now back out on it again, his work was continuing behind him. I think that's really all Luke's trying to communicate to us is that Apollos was continuing Paul's work in Paul's absence. So today's reading really reminds me that scripture study, if we're not careful, it can take us down a rabbit hole. And that can be fine. That can be fine. But when we go down that road, we have to be humble enough to throw our hands up and realize in the end that that there's a lot about which we we simply can only speculate. Right. And, and we must trust that everything we need to know God, to experience God, to have relationship with God, it's all there. And, and, and that's really not in question here. Um, we've got to be careful when we're reading not to miss the bigger picture. And that bigger picture, quite obviously here, is that God's church, the movement that he called the way, was spreading at an unstoppable pace. It was attracting people. It was influential. It was gaining momentum. And when Paul returned, he was simply, you know, placing his hand across the top of the flywheel and keeping it spinning, keeping it going. God was doing what God wanted to do. Even if we can't explain something as particular as this Apollos issue, um, God was doing what he wanted to do. Um, And it's still that way today. Thank you, Jesus, for that.